Sermon Underwear, a podcast where we look at the stories, situations, and conversations that lead up to the sermons that are preached here at First Lutheran. This is Pastor Brian. This is Pastor Perry. This is Father Tom. And today we are at part five of five in our series on the book of Job. I'm a little bit sad that it's coming to an end, but uh, I'm always looking forward to whatever might be next to that we're jumping into. So from Job chapter 41, Uh, verses 1 through 8. This is still at this point, God talking to Job last week. God began to answer Job out of the whirlwind, and uh, he's still going here in chapter 41. God says, can you draw out Leviathan with a fishhook or press down its tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in its nose or pierce its jaw with a hook? Will it make many supplications to you? Will it speak soft words to you? Will it make a covenant with you? to be taken as your servant forever? Will you play with it as with a bird? Or will you put put it on a leash for your girls? Will traders bargain over it? Will they divide it up among the merchants? Can you fill its skin with harpoons or its head with fishing spears? Lay hands on it. Think of the battle. You will not do it again. Then from Job chapter 42, beginning at verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you declare to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear. Now, but now my eyes, my eyes sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has done. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zohar the Namanite went and did what the Lord had told them. And the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job. When he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then there came to him all his brothers and sisters, and all who had known him before. And they ate bread with him in his house. They showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the later days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. 
He named the first Jamina and the second Kiza and the third Kareen Apuk. In all the land, there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughter. And their father gave them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and his children's children for generations. And Job died old and full of days. The corresponding gospel reading is from the gospel according to Luke, the sixth chapter, verses 20 through 23. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is, the, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. So, final chapter of Job. First thing that, that actually struck me uh, as, as I was reading through chapter 42 is that the, the friends, the sucky friends, went to, uh, were to go to Job and offer up these burnt offerings, or Job was to help them offer up these burnt offerings. And Job will pray, and God will accept Job's prayer, and they will receive forgiveness. Um, seems almost like Job is a Christ figure in this, in this text, where Job is almost like God's son, and what Job asks for, God will grant him, and uh, that was what struck me. Interesting, at least parallel in my mind there. The New Testament <laughs> figure I saw in this passage was Thomas, actually, because, um, you know, usually uh, in the lectionary we hear um, right after Easter, that first Sunday after Easter, we get Thomas's story. We get Jesus saying, blessed are those who believe and do not see. And I just get this feeling, um, you know, Job is like Thomas where he's like, I, I need to see the evidence. I need to, I need to, I need to put my finger in the wounds and, and uh, yeah, wounds and let me, um, let me really examine it. And, but, you know, it's sort of like a, it, he's sort of, he feels a little, I think, hum, uh, humility when he's like, oh man, I should have just hung in there and trusted. I mean, I, I had heard and I should have known just from hearing, but you know what? You also showed me too. And so, yeah, I, I got a little bit of a Thomas feeling there, but that could just be personal bias being a Tom myself. Nice. Could be. I think you, the word that you said, Tom, was uh, he was humbled or humility came up in what you were saying there. And that that's the way that a lot of Job falls into a category called wisdom literature. And that's the, the goal or the 
aim of what's to be worked out through a lot of this wisdom literature to bring you to a place and understanding that uh, you're humbled by how little you know. And that's exactly what happens here. So last week, if you remember the last words out of Job's mouth before God starts to respond out of the whirlwind, Job is kind of in this, I've had enough. You, you give me the indictment. I'll wear it like a crown on my head. I, I will walk like a prince before you. you know, pretty bold. Uh, and then in comes God's response and the conclusion of what we hear, the last spoken words of Job um, are, I repent in dust and ashes. Uh, so definitely he's been moved to humility after this engagement with God. Um, interesting too, the, the little bit about Leviathan there, if you read further in that chapter. So Leviathan, we talked about in the last podcast, is a symbol of chaos or a monster that was feared that lived in the ocean. And God goes so far in that speech to say, I'm this thing. I, I am like this thing. You can't get a hold of me. You can't control me. And so here we are at another point to the long view of the book of Job, where uh, Job is put into a place or he's humbled into a place and understanding that he's not God. And none of the things that his friends came up with him to do to fix the situation or anything that he came up with that he could possibly do can fix the situation. So it's only when he's finally in this place of realization of that, or he's been humbled into that place of saying, wow, you know what, I'm dust and ashes, that God says, good, got you where I want you. I can do something with dust and, and ashes, you know, to go back to that whole creation theology. And God says, I created out of the chaos. I created out of the nothing. Now I've got your ear. You, you know how the conversation goes with me. I'm going to send your friends to you so that you can help them to know how the conversation goes too. What about the book of Job did you find was the most disturbing? And right alongside that, what was the thing in your listening to the book of Job or the sermon series on Job? What did you find was the most comforting? And whether you want to respond to that or throw out a different question, please do. I think I said earlier, I think the comforting thing is when, when bad things happen, this is an example where he led a, a very good life and was loyal to his family, cared about people. And despite all that, the bad things do happen to good people. Have you ever done battle with God? Or is there a battle that you've fought that you'll never do again? <laughs> 